Glory, glory, glory. Nice to be with you. You guys are party animals. Have you been going all night or this is just a carryover? <laughs> well, as Mike mentioned, we have a long-standing relationship with this church. We've really enjoyed seeing its different stages and different things that God has done in this place. And just in line with that, Mark and Jenner send their love. They're very sorry they can't be here. But uh, Mike's doing a, or Mark is doing a wedding up in the province that was uh, planned a whole long time ago. So I'm here anyways, and uh, very pleased to be here. This is quite a privilege to uh, get to do this. And uh, I'm going to take us to Deuteronomy 34, uh, verse 1 to 12. We're just going to look at a couple of things from there for this morning. Try not to be long. Major changes are coming to Israel, so we want to speak into that. I'm going to talk on the whole subject of change, and uh, change is inevitable. It's like seasons in life. Uh, how many have found there's just kind of changing cycles that go on, and uh, nothing's, somebody said, her, her, Heracletus was a Greek philosopher. Evidently, he's the per first person to say, nothing is as permanent as change. And Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Pete Seeger made that into a very on-the-edge song back in the 60s. And uh, people have been writing songs about change ever since. And it seems like each generation has their song about change. We all recognize there are seasons in this life the times of change seem to be moving faster. Has anybody noticed that, you know? We started off with a party line. You had so many rings, and that was your ring. And, and if you wanted to listen in on anybody's conversation, you just picked it up quietly. We've kind of gone to another level just in the area of phones. But uh, things are wor working at a faster pace these days, and we're called to adapt. But we're not so sure we like all of that. It's change. We like things kind of set, and, but uh, there's a time for changing. When the railroads were first introduced to the U.S., some folks feared that would be the downfall of the nation. Here's an excerpt from a letter from the then President Jackson, dated January 31st, 1829. As you may know, Mr. President, railroad carriages are pulled at enormous speeds by engines which in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, and frightening women and children. The Almighty certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speeds. Martin Van Buren, governor of New York. Until 1800, the top speed was 20 miles an hour as people traveled on horseback. And with the arrival of the railroad train, almost overnight we jumped to 100 miles per hour. And by 1952, the first passenger jet could travel 500 miles an hour. By 1979, the Concorde cruised at more than 1,200 miles an hour. But even back in 1961, the astronauts were orbiting the Earth at 16,000 miles per hour. Fast-changing times we've lived in, and we are living in. And uh, it doesn't seem to stop. It challenges us to adapt. And there are seasons in God, too, and that's where we want to go this morning. Like natural seasons, we have to adapt, too. We're called to be flexible. 
Israel faced major changes. They were 400 years in, in Egypt as slaves. And how many know in 400 years you can get some mindsets that are well ingrained the way things happen, you know? Now, they got used to their food just coming regularly. You didn't have to work for it. Yeah, you were a slave. You didn't have any rights, but your food was provided for you. And suddenly they find themselves in the desert, and now that food's not put in front of them anymore by their tax master. They've got to wait on God. They've got to step out in faith. As we know, God was schooling them, trying to get them ready for some bigger faith step they were going to take. But they weren't too sure about all of this, you know. But after 40 years, you kind of get set ingrained in how things are done. This is the way we do it. God, we just keep trusting God, and manna falls from heaven. It's wonderful. You know, it's wandering around. God said, no, it's time to get up now and go into the promised land. I'm going to make you multimillionaires, every one of you, overnight. Just go in there, pick out a farm and a ranch, and as far as you can see, all that livestock, all that wealth, that's yours, just overnight. You don't have to do anything for it. But guess what? Man is not falling from heaven anymore. You're going to have to work. It says that the day they got in and they took, got into the land, the manna dried up. They had to work for their food. Well, as we know, scripturally, they weren't too sure about all these changes. We kind of get used to things being a certain way. And uh, they said, no, forget it. You know, you may become millionaires, but we could die in the process. We're going back to the, the desert. Forget this. We kind of like wandering around and manna falling from heaven. In fact, we would just as soon go back to Egypt. It's hard to believe, you know. But we get set in patterns, the way things are done. And I know I'm not describing you this morning. It's just some of us older guys. The Zoomers had to become, or the Boomers had to come be, become Zoomers. <laughs> we're not too sure we're happy about it. What's next, you know? What are you going to hit us with next? <laughs> well, God's purposes do not change with all the changes that He brings in the kingdom. Deuteronomy 34, let's start reading there, verse 1. And the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross, cross over into it. Just to point out the kind of generational inheritance. There's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. God just kept coming with the same vision, the same purpose for each of those generations. But we recognize in Scripture that actually none of them stepped into the full release of what God was promising them. They just had a part to play. This is your time. You, you play your part, Isaac. Abraham got this kicked off. Graves got this kicked off. Now it's time for the next group to come in. And who knows could come after them. But the same vision and they weren't able to realize. It actually wasn't until... Uh, Joe, uh, Joshua never even realized it in his generation. It was kings further on down the line that actually finally took the whole land. And all those years, 800 years, how many get a little impatient with God? God, you promised, you know, and I haven't seen it yet. We're talk about change. We want things now. We want it instant. But 800 years, God just coming with the same vision, I'm giving you the promised land. Next generation, I'm giving you the promised land. Giving you the promised land. This next stage 
It's got a job to do, just as the first stage did. Not going to look the same. Same vision, same values. That's the beauty of what we're building with. But uh, things are going to be done a little bit differently, and you need to have grace for that. This church has a heritage in God, given great promises. We've been allowed to see some of that, but God's got a whole lot more that we can realize in generations to come. God changes leaders. Deuteronomy 34 verse 5 says, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where the graves are, or where the, his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, and the time of weeping and mourning was over. Well, it goes without saying, don't grieve for the, the graves. They haven't died. Mike has not died. Tried that, but he hasn't died. God said, no, there's more for you. Sorry, you don't get to go home yet. And uh, I'm glad to hear that Mike's endeavor being released to plow further into vineyards outside of this church with the translocal calling that's on them. And uh, you really should go on a trip with them sometime. You see them at a whole nother level of ministry than you see them here pastoring. And uh, praise God, this, this is part of why God changes leaders here. He wants to release them to have more time to do that. They're not going anywhere. I understand this is going to be the base, and I'm sure they're going to be a blessing here in different ways. But praise God. Thanks for your willingness to release them. And in changing character uh, leaders, God's not saying the old was bad. I mean, that can be a reason to change leaders, but that's not the case here. Uh, Moses' eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone, and uh, he could still lead. But a new season required a new leader. Can I say that again? A new season required a new leader. Something fresh that God does that he did through Isaac that he couldn't do through Abraham. New season in God takes new leadership. Fresh vision and energy God uses for good. This is, I got this from Ty. Uh, if you remember, he said, does God move from Moses to Joshua for greater inheritance? He moved from Elijah to Elijah, Elisha for greater anointing. He moved from Abraham to Isaac for greater blessing, and he moved from David to Solomon for greater glory. God has increased in blessing for Oceanside. Hallelujah. God is good. He's bringing new leadership in with a different kind of style, I'm sure. Everybody's different in the way they approach. Same vision, same values, same purpose, but different way of doing things. We really want to free you guys up this morning to say, you ain't the graves, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's risen from the grave, yeah. <laughs> the best is yet to come, hallelujah. Come on. Well, it's going to require more leaders. I'd like to plug this in as one who really believes in leadership training. Second Timothy 1.1 just to remind you, it says, and Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, you then, my son, be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So Paul was called to a certain ministry, and he recognized my ministry isn't just me doing this stuff. He started identifying Timothy, Titus, others, and recognized that he, part of his mandate was not just to do the stuff, but, but to recognize, equip, and release others. And uh, I want to say to the leadership here, the strength of what we're able to build on depends on the quality of leaders that we bring through. I want to encourage you in this to be looking for ways to train. And I want to encourage you, take every opportunity to receive training. We have these different quips that we bring in, but there's a Bible school here that's involved, and I'm sure there are other things that God's going to do in the area of equipping, because you never know what God might require of you in the future, and you want to be ready for that. I'm absolutely sure that this couple came in here, did not come in here going, ah, oh, the man, I'm taking over, Mike. Maybe he did say that, I don't know. <laughs> not that I've heard anyways. No, they just came in and served. They just came in and served and made themselves available for whatever equipping God uh, wanted to bring here. And when the time came, they were ready for it because they put the time into that. So you don't know what God's got in store for you, you know. I just really encourage you. Come with a servant heart. Come with a humble heart. Come saying, uh, what can I do? And you receive equipping in that process. And God will release you into all that he's got for you. Well, 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 well. The time comes to follow the new leader. This is my last point. And uh, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So some hands are going to be laid on Andy and Camilla this morning. Just remind you that we believe there's an impartation in that. One of the foundation principles that we read of in Hebrews 6 verse 1 is the laying on of hands. I can think of other things that would go into foundation principles, but no, God said this is, expect something to happen when you lay hands on. This is one of the expressions of it that you're going to see this morning. And uh, we're believing for an impartation. And it says here that hands were laid on them, they were released, and it says, so the people listened to the new man and followed his leading. So, I thought that was an interesting so there. They laid hands on him, so he was able to step into all that God have for him. And we're expecting that this morning. I sense great expectancy here this morning, and praise God for that. Just remind you that the best way that you can honor Mike and Deb is to follow the new leaders. Amen? <laughs> loyalty to the new guy is loyalty to the old. Have lots of grace for Andy and Camilla. I'm sure they're going to do things a little bit different. But, uh, hey, you needed lots of grace for Mike and Deb. Amen? Lots of grace for Mike and Deb. Now, why are people laughing here this morning? I don't know. Got to get more serious here. You know. This is a serious church. <laughs> Pray for them assiduously. They're stepping into the point of the arrow. There's a huge spiritual pressure there that never lets up. But uh, guess what? 
the more the heat, more God. <laughs> Moses only had a church of three million people. It tells us that when Moses went into the tent, he saw God face to face, you know. He had to. He's got to lead this great big church here. The more pressure there is in the ministry, the more you can expect God to show up. So he has to, you know. Pray for them, though. We really look forward to seeing what God's going to do through them, and we are going to be praying for them continuously. I was talking to Andy this week, and I said, so what do you think about all of this? You know, how are you feeling? And he said, well, I kind of feel it's like a baby when you have a baby, you know. You don't really know what you're getting until you have the baby in your hands, you know. And I said, yeah, the next thing you find yourself walking the floor at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. So. But I got off the phone, and I just felt like God said, that's a word for them. And the word is, yeah, you may be walking the floor at 2 in the morning, but guess what? You were made for this, and God's going to show up big time. And I, I've never seen anybody have a baby. I mean, it tips your whole world, especially the first one, doesn't it? You have a baby, your world is turned completely upside down. You weren't expecting that at all, you know. You walk in the floor in the middle of the night, but nobody goes, oh, gee, shouldn't have done this, you know. I mean, we're just all so excited about the glorious thing that's in our hands, you know. And we're going to be excited about the glorious thing that God's going to do and put in your hands. So you were made for this. I really feel that's a word from God for you. You can do this. You've got this because God's got you. Deuteronomy 31.3, the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. Isn't that a great scripture? God will cross over the Jordan ahead of you, so don't be afraid. You can do it. But hey, Joshua's going to cross over ahead and lead you. I just think that's such a great picture of what we're called to walk into, what they're called to walk into in taking the leadership of this church. Partnered with God, anything's possible, you know. But it's for the people now to follow their leading of the new couple that are leading this church. And we'll go in and take everything that God has for us. Amen. This is God's leaders for Oceanside at this time. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We're going to go into some laying on of hands.